What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com ACAST. That's greenlight.com ACAST. Hello, baby. Hello, my love. Ah. Ah. Yeah. Sigh yeah. with us. Just, sigh with us, friends. Just Inhale sigh. Yeah. slowly through your nose. Ah. <coughs> Is that That's hard? a nice way to start the show. I actually like that way. I like starting it that way. There's something kind of nice about that. Well, I will say this. Uh, it feels like today has been a lot uh, because it's, I mean, people can't, it, people who are listening to this can't see, but uh, this is the first time that we've like, we're doing some video recording stuff together mm-hmm. um, that we are put, we're putting up on our Patreon. So uh, we're starting this new thing where when we do our, uh, our, our, uh, our plays our four plays yeah, four play segment we're we're recording those and we're putting them up on our patreon so if you want to if you want to see that you can go to patreon.com slash turn me on um but uh holy smokes it's just so stressful to try to get that sorted in a really hardcore timeline uh because we have we have busy days ahead of us and somehow we're 
we're managing it. Anyway, whatever. That's fucking boring. Uh, so, but I wash my hair for hey, everyone at home. You look great. You do look great. <laughs> I look like I uh, feel like garbage. I feel like garbage. Do you? Yeah, <clears throat> I, I do. I feel, babe. I had the best weekend I know of you my did. entire twenty twenty this weekend. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It was. It was rather epic. Mm-hmm. It was rather special. Um, mm-hmm. And and now and now it's like back into the week. You know, like after you have that sort of. I don't. Do you get like this where like if you took a vacation and then when vacation's over, trying to get back into the swing of your life is like trying to fuck. I don't know, man. Run a marathon after like for having and and never having trained yeah it is it can be really um awkward like really stumbly and frustrating because maybe you because throughout the week you get like some momentum right and you start like getting into a groove and then you take the weekend off and or any time off or vacation and you're like oh man life feels like free and easy and then you get back to your desk and it's just like I don't even know how to read this language anymore. Yeah, what the fuck do I do with my life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway, that's where I'm at now. But I had an amazing weekend. And, I'm so uh, glad. Yeah. yeah, it was great. Good friends, good outdoors, good just, everything. Ju- yeah, just good everything. Good friends, good outdoors, good uh, good heart feels. Yeah, more <sighs> heart explosions. Continuous heart explosions. I, I actually like, it doesn't, it's not stopping. It doesn't stop. Okay, okay, okay. That's it nice. makes me wonder, it makes me wonder, like, is, uh, speaking of, like, n- like, new relationship energy, I know I've been, I know I've been there. I know you, I've been there with you, and I've, mm-hmm. I was there when, <clears throat> when I first started dating Becca, and I've been there before, but um, I've, I don't, I've never been it's there. It's intoxicating. I've never been there. I feel like I've never been there the way that, it just feels so, it feels really different mm-hmm. this time around. Mm-hmm. In like say a, more. Well, I don't know. I, I don't really know how to say it. I okay. don't know how to articulate it. What feels different? Can you use some? Have you ever started? Have you ever started dating someone, and you just you just go? I want to. I want to. <laughs> Dude, I actually have no idea how to articulate this. Do you ever start dating someone and you feel like you literally want to um, to like give this person the entire universe in your hands and be like, mm. I've, 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 I gathered all this for you? Yeah. That kind of feeling, you know, where you're like, I'll do anything. Mm. There's yeah, a song you know about that. Should... There isn't there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gordy Sampson's called Paris. <clears throat> oh, I was gonna say. Um, I was gonna I say. Give this world to you, every rock and every stone. Oh yeah. Every masterpiece in Rome. <clears throat> See, yeah, right. Yes, and that if you that is a. Me too, I, would I was steal the Mona Lisa. <clears throat> yeah. That's a beautiful song. I was thinking of Meatloaf. I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that. But now I'm realizing that that song is not quite what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man though but thanks for the meatloaf reminder yeah um uh yeah i don't know man i'm just like i'm just 
I, I feel like we got to get someone on the podcast to like talk to us about like, like in like you know, infatuation versus love versus lust versus. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. All those things. I know it, and you know it's a it's so. This is something I've been thinking about a lot in my yoga practice and and in life in general. Like this, this um, the suffering that is caused by like clinging to you know when you feel something really good or you're having the best time and you're like I want this to live I want this to last forever mm. but I know it's not going to and then when it's not there you're just like I don't even remember how what that it felt like to feel that good and now I feel bad and it's compounded by the fact that I'm missing that good feeling and blah blah mm. blah mm. and um <clears throat> you know it, it's it plays a part in 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 why I'm feeling so crappy this morning is um cuz I this is what happens to me when I'm hanging out with buds and we're having an evening and I want to stay up late and I'm enjoying myself and I want it to last. And then what ends up happening is I just, I drink too much and I'm just like trying to hold on to like this moment and, uh, and then I overdo it and, and then I get, I get right. too stoned to learn how to know how to play the new card game. And then I have to go to bed <laughs> ahead of everybody because I can't, I just, I'm so awkward about the card game and you know, not, I'm just, you know, not that that was my night last night, but. That was a was. very, I mean, you, you got real specific there. You got real, real specific. Um, but I went to the beach yesterday and I took our nieces, Stella and Flora. And uh, on the way home, I played Bohemian Rhapsody and reenacted the scene from Wayne's World with all the head banging. And so yeah. now I also can't move my neck. I have a uh, bad neck today. That's why your neck's all fucky. Mm-hmm. Got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm just I'm <clears throat> I think I'm just having a come down. Like I'm coming down from the weekend mm-hmm. high. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And uh and all the oxytocin overload. Um yeah. but anyway, anyway. I, I want to talk about it more, but I, I just I can't I it's really hard to talk about it because there's things that I wanna say yeah. that I feel like I before I say them out loud on here, I need to like say some things to somebody else. I gotta, okay. I feel like there's, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Anyway. There's Anywho. that scene in the, there's that scene in friends where, uh, where, where I think it's, um, I think it's Courtney Cox is like, she's got that same facial expression on that you just had, which is like a huge smile and she's super in love. And she's like, I'm just so in love. I can't stop smiling. And Jennifer Aniston's like, I know it looks like you slept with a hanger in your mouth. (laughs) Yeah. That's you. You slept with a hanger in your mouth last night. How soon is too soon to tell someone you love them? I don't not know. that I that's mean, not that that's how I'm not that not that that is how I am feeling or what I want to do. But I'm just I'm just wondering how soon is too soon. Because you know what's funny is over this weekend I was laying <clears throat> I was laying in the we, we were at this really wonderful cottage and good good people good good folks and I was laying in the bed um, after like a big day out and I I was thinking about the time that I told you I loved you. Do you remember? Do you remember that moment? <laughs> yeah. Right? Did the first time I told you I loved you. Yeah, I so, do. So it was, uh, we were in the midst of having like pretty passionate sex and I believe I was on top of you and I don't know if I was in the middle of coming. I, in my mind, I, rem- I think I was like, I think I was orgasming and I think I just said, I love you. Yeah. And your face, 
because you didn't go, I love you too. You yeah. were like, you were like, uh, huh? <laughs> I think we finished and then we laid there for a bit and then you were like, about that thing I said. Uh, yeah. You don't have to say it back right away. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, accidentally and, how, said how, that how, to someone how, when oh, I was having oh, wow. sex with them as well. What I meant to say was, I love your my mom. I'm at my mom's house and her bedroom door's open. What I meant to say <laughs> was, I love your dick. <laughs> <laughs> but I just said, just I, like, love yeah, you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, anyway, oh, it didn't work fuck. Out. Um, but how soon into us dating was that? That was like a while in, wasn't it? Uh, okay. So we sort of started. Yeah, we started hanging out the summer, and then you went home for the summer, and then you came back to Toronto, and I had moved into that new apartment because we were in the yeah. loft apartment. So, you know, it was fairly early on, but right. it was, you know, we had been hanging out. We'd also been friends for like a year. Yeah, already. right. Yeah, we'd known each other for so long. Um, but I, I mean, I think the answer to that is it, there is no right answer to that. I think you yeah. just when. Whenever it feels authentic and real and you just got to be, I think you got to, you know, but you got to follow the, the, um, chronological order of things. First, you have to tell someone you like them and then you have to tell someone oh. you really like them. Oh, really? Is this? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You is have this, to tell them, oh, I really like you. And we all know what that means. It means it's too soon to tell you that I love you, but I really want you to know that I really like you right. a lot. Or what about I'm in like with you? That's yeah, you can say that as well. Right, sure. If you want. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh interesting. Okay. I've never really thought about it that way. Like how How, how about it, I'm Twitter pated? Uh I do love that word. Fuck, yeah. I love that word. Yeah, I guess uh, yeah, I don't know. I um right. I, I feel like people get I feel like people get is it just me or like do I have a different relationship to that sort of thing? To love? Yeah, but like more specifically like to the like I remember when Beck and I started dating, I told her I loved her. I told her I was in love with her like 2 weeks in. Yeah, I remember that. Because that was a thing because, we had to talk about. Yeah, we had, yeah, we had to have a conversation about that. Uh but because in that moment, in that moment in time, yeah. That is what I felt. I felt like yeah. I felt like I've been spending I've been spending a fair amount of time with you over the last two weeks. <laughs> Everything about you I really enjoy. Yeah. I'm like I'm I'm passionately obsessed with getting to know you more. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like I was just I was compelled. I was forced to say I'm in love with you. I think I, fu- well, I, I think I fucking dro- I, I think she was like out and about, and I was like, I gotta fucking tell her right now. And I just drove to her that night just to see her, and I was like, Hey, I love you, and then left. Like, uh-huh. and just was like, Okay, I gotta like, cause we, you know, I had to go, and she was doing a thing. You had to come home and tell me that you just told something. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, and like you know, so, I and love so, that about you. and so to me, it's like, okay, I look back on that, and I go, That's I don't. I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything. I don't see anything wrong with not not wrong. Sorry, I shouldn't be saying wrong. But I look at that and I go, to me, that makes sense. Yeah. But I feel like there's people out there that would be like, whoa, like, are you sure? Like, what do you yeah. like? How do you know? How do you? Kn- yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I don't that's know. That's what I love about you, though. I mean, that's what your heart is on your sleeve. You say what you feel. There's, there's, you know, there's. Ah, 
that's a good thing. That's a really nice thing. And I've been pulling the Knight. I don't know if I said this last week, but I've been the pulling Knight the, the Knight of Swords, man. Knight of Swords. Fucking every time. Knight of Swords every is coming day. up. What's that mean? That's a, isn't it's that? It's just like, go forward, dude. Go forward. Live your life. Well, we can all, I mean, we could all, we all should be doing that. The thing, the thing that was hard for me with you when you said that is that I didn't, I didn't grow up expressing those sorts of feelings. Yeah. You know, there wasn't a lot of like, I love yous coming. Like the first time I, I still sometimes have to work myself up to go. I love you too. And it's like, I don't like to say things unless I really connect to the feeling of it. And like I'm really can say it authentically. Otherwise, I feel like I'm acting or I'm faking it. Not because it's not true, but they're just not words that feel very comfortable for me. Even, but even like even now, even us being married nine years, and and no, I, I and like I hang up you. and okay. Yeah, I can say it to you, and I can say it to my my family. I can say it to my family, um, but what if it's like a a friend that like you know you've you've. You've just like gotten to know over the summer, and they're like, time. "Yeah, yeah, I really, I love you. See you guys, like that kind of thing." I never had those kinds of friendships either. Right, we were right. Like, love you, love you, girl. Like none of that. Yeah, that was yeah, not yeah. a part of my thing. So uh, while I do love my friends, right. it feels incredibly uncomfortable and awkward to tell them that I love them. Hmm. I don't know why. I'm Makes sense. Yeah. That. Yeah. This is my my muscle relaxant. I'm just having a little hoot of. Um, it's fun that it's, it's, this is fun because I'm watching you smoke this joint and I know that, uh, if we were recording regularly, mm-hmm. no one would know, but all of our patrons are watching you just haul off on this joint right now. It's a tiny, tiny it's, little it's, medicinal joint it's that pretty, I it's pretty cool. have for my next bath. You're, you're a pretty cool girl. Look at you. Well, yeah. I mean, Fuck. I, I'm only doing it because we're recording. Super cool. Yeah. Here, one second. I'll, I'll spark. I got some darts here. I'll spark them up. Um, Okay. Is there anything else you want to say about all of that and the weekend and your heart explosion and your love? You just have so much. Don't say my love. Don't say my love. Don't say my love. Okay. Because I haven't said that. Right. No, no, no. But you do have love. I am. Yes. I am overflowing with the feeling of love. Yeah. And and it's and 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 it's and it's pouring into it's pouring over into even all my friendships and everything. It's just like it's having an effect on all the all the parts of my of my days and my being. I will say this though. I will say this. When you're in when I'm whenever I'm in this kind of scenario, so as much as I I do love love and and love this feeling, um, when when I'm in this scenario. It is disastrous for my productivity. Yeah, I was going to say... Holy shit, uh, man. I was going to say, remember two weeks ago when uh, I was like, look, babe, I urgently need a a new laptop. I need Uh, a new laptop. My my face is screaming. And then somehow, somehow there was enough time between then and now to not ship that laptop that... Anyway, this is dirty laundry, but you know, I just I know what happened, and I think I said this to my girlfriend last night. I was like, "Hey, uh, yeah, I think I think uh, I'm gonna lose them for a bit. I'm gonna lose no. them for a bit." Hey, whoa, <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, <laughs> come on, it's okay. it's okay. No, that's not true. I mean, okay, so yeah, well, I, well yeah, man. I, well, here's the thing: is that um, 
it's like if we were if everyone was if everyone felt this way, nothing in the fucking planet would get done. Like everyone would and just that everyone would, be would just great. everyone would just lay in bed like for for hours and hours and hours and hours all the, the time. Economy. You know? It's just I don't know. Think of how far that Canada emergency response benefit would go, would stretch if we never if no was doing ever anything. left the bed. Yeah. I mean, you'd probably or- order in all your food, so yeah. you'd still be supporting your local restaurants. But right, anyway, enough talking about me and my fucking feelings for this new special person in my life. Yeah, well, that's nice. It's I don't want nice to see a happy. I, I don't want. I just. I don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. So keep going to therapy and undoing any past patterns that oh, have speaking not worked of, for you. You know what? I know. I know. We. I know. It was probably just like so sickening and gross for everyone to be listening to but uh just like just to beat this horse a little more dead um <clears throat> one thing that i have noticed in spending time with this new person is how uh i've been i've been seeing a lot of uh, a lot of the ways that i had a lot of the habits that i had built up in terms of like surrounding communication especially over like the last three years and, and they come like right up to the surface really quickly. And I don't know if it's like the tarot that's also helping me figure this shit out, but like it's coming right up to the surface really quickly. And then I identify it and I go, Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, don't, you know what? And I'm talking about like the problematic stuff and then I go, okay, um, change that. Like, uh, do the, do the opposite of what you would normally do in this scenario. And fuck, man, I just feel like I'm learning so much. I love that. I love that. Yeah, me too. You know, in the past couple of um, past couple of road trips that Todd and I did, I read these two books. Which here's my just the tips, okay? Nice for folks. Let's hear it. Okay, the brain that changes itself. Yes, by Norman Doctor Norman Doidge came out. I don't know. I don't know when it came out. A handful of years ago. I read it about. Um, three years ago, and at the time, it was basically a, a really accessible, like, and when I say accessible, I mean not too sciencey, not too academic, very story-based and character-based. Um, all of these cases of, of neuroscience, so the brain science, um, like how the brain, how the brain is plastic, meaning it's changeable. It's it's never fixed. It's right. always changeable. So some part of your brain gets damaged. Other parts of the brain can be trained in, with particular practices to take over some of those functions. It, it talks about it. You know, everything from literally people with brain injury or, or people who are born without parts of their brain um, or, you know, lost a limb or like just how the brain can adapt like right. it's incredibly powerful so then do they talk um, about it from a from psychedelic uh perspective as well like do they get into that at all yeah like the rewiring yep. the brain through the use of psilocybin and stuff like that yeah they cool. do interesting yeah, okay cool, 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 it's cool, in cool. there and then nice. he put out a second book called the brain's way of healing and in the time between the two books the the science kind of got really validated 
of right. this neuroplasticity um, got really validated. And so now, it, which opened up a ton more of experiments and applications that they could use with these techniques. And mm. and then so the second book is like, it 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 anyway, just gets in there even deeper and it uses Parkinson's. So if you have anyone in your life that oh, has yeah. Parkinson's, it used Parkinson's as, as a as an example throughout the book and this this one particular man, this character, they're all true, you know, cases, um, case studies. And it's just, it's not hard. It's hard to read in that, like, you have to sit and you have to focus and you might have to, um, but no, I don't even think you're going to have to look up any words in the dictionary. It's like, it's, there are some big sciencey words, but for the most part, it's like pretty easy to digest and Abdullah learn. Oblongata. Yeah, that's a fun word to, to just learn how to wrap your mouth around. Anyway, it would probably improve your blowjobs, actually. Uh, but you said there were two books. Yeah, those two. So the brain's uh, the brain that changes itself. Yeah, and the brain's way of healing. Oh, the bra- okay. That, uh, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. gotcha. Same yes. same author, Doctor Norman Norman Doidge. So cool. that's my that's my just the tips. Good and, just the tips. And the reason I bring that up, it, or is because of the, that that experience you're just having of repatterning your thought. Like yeah. we, like you have a thought, which is a a pattern of reactions that are happening in your in your mind, triggered by some sort of stimulus. And if you don't want to behave the same way you've always behaved, you have to intercept that pattern. You have to at least notice when the pattern is happening so mm. that you can intercept it, you can interrupt it, mm-hmm. and rehearse something else. But it's so tempting to just go down that well... Uh, that that deeply create uh, carved in uh, pattern. It's yeah. like like the groove in the wood. Like it's the path of least resistance is just mm-hmm. follow the pattern, or even to be like <laughs> I notice I notice I'm doing this, but I'm just I'm just gonna feed it a little bit more. You know, with like it's like yeah, at least I'm noticing it, but I, I'm not. You know, there's there's still that drive to just whatever mm. it is about us that that is addicted to like thing letting things fester. If that's your pattern, that's gonna it's gonna be hard to fucking yeah. You're gonna have to work work to turn that around, but you can do it. Yeah, you can do it. You just have to be consistent. Whenever you notice it happening, you have to be consistent. Yeah, yeah. It, it's yeah. It's really it's just really interesting to see how how like in this scenario that I'm, I find myself in, like to see how I've just to see like all the little all the little pieces that have come together, like the people that I'm surrounding myself with or the, the experiences that I've had with like some certain people or, um, space away or space time or time kind of away from certain people. And, and then all of that together, like formulating this perfect storm of going of like realization and, 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 and that learning and going, Oh wow, fuck. I've, I've been doing this this way for a while. Mm. And now I don't have to like that's Mm -hmm. that's I can put that I can put that away and start to reframe the way that I'm tackling things. But anyway, yeah. So growing. I I agree. Great weekend. Great weekend. It was great. Growing before my very eyes. Growing. Oh, I hope I'm like I like I've always said, Brad. I am a grower, not a shower. This is very true. (laughs) 
Um, does does the phrase it's it's Virgo season mean anything to you? Uh, not yet, but I'm sure I'll okay. learn. <laughs> I don't know. Someone said it the other day. I was filming a music video for this artist from Prince Edward Island named Kinley, K-I-N-L-E-Y. She was once in um, Hey Rosetta, but th- we were shooting a solo uh, video for her. And um, and is what, it the Virgo production season manager, right now? It's a Virgo season. <clears throat> uh, well, I'm I'm labor rising, so I wouldn't know anything about that. Okay, I don't even know. I don't know what you're talking about, but we don't have time to get into it because uh, <laughs> I gotta I gotta get out of here. But and I'm having a great time with this conversation. But um, I do I do want to just I do want to bring up the subject of our in of our conversation today. Yeah. Okay. And ask you. Um, so the the conversation we we're, we have coming up for you is um, with Summer Inanen. She lives in British Columbia and she is a body image coach. And one of our listeners, um, hopefully you're listening right now, is uh, she she or they had they had reached out and asked us to record with Summer. So we connected with with her and, and made this conversation happen. And you know, to be honest with you, I didn't know really like when I hear body image coach, I. I I don't really know what yeah. that means. Right. Um, but I certainly, you know, in all of the areas of my life where I, I feel like I could handle some coaching, I'm certainly not perfect when it comes to body image. Like, I have things about my body that I just don't... It doesn't live in the forefront of my mind, but it, it does when I start, you know, researching about body image and what it can what it can be like for your mental health if you have negative feelings about your body... And, you know, that's not something that I'm necessarily paying attention to, but it doesn't mean that it's not, it doesn't exist in my inner dialogue somewhere. Right, right. So I wanted to know, um, Jeremy, do you, what comes to mind for you with like, with your own body image? If, do you feel like your body image is positive or Hmm. negative or? I would say overall, I would say probably leaning more towards negative than positive. Um, I, but I like, I like, I don't have a hard time recognizing that. Like, it's not, it's not, I've never really been in denial about it. Um, at least I don't think. Um, because when I was growing up, a big part of living with CF is like, it's really hard to maintain and keep any kind of weight. And I grew up as an athlete and like a big part of the, the, the sport that I was in, like a big part of that was like bulking up and having like really large upper body and really uh, sort of jacked up lats and, and, you know, biceps and triceps and all those things contributed to the power and explosiveness at which you were able to perform. Um, And so that was never me. Like I could never, I could never bulk up and all my peers had a really, a much easier time doing that. And so I had to like rely strictly on, on technique. And, uh, now mind you, <coughs> I was the best, I was the best paddler, uh, in the Atlantic provinces at the time. So clearly my technique was <laughs> fucking on point motherfucker. Uh, but, <coughs> but I also, I always kind of had this underlying thing where like, if I looked at myself in the mirror, I would always just be like, ah, you're like a, you're a skinny boy. Mm. You're a skinny boy. You're a skinny boy. I'm a 32 year old man, and like if I see, if I catch a glimpse of my fucking legs in the mirror, I don't wear shorts because of my legs. But you wear the tightest pants 
ever. Which well, also well, now, likes. so that and that plays into me trying to, um, uh, what, how, how, how do you phrase this? Like play to my type. To, yeah, or not play to my type, but like, um, it's like okay, if strengths. I if I have skinny ass legs, I'm gonna wear the skinniest ass jeans. <laughs> you better fuck. You, yeah, yeah, look yeah, at them. Yeah, yeah. Look at these no, legs. Whatever. Eat it. Fucking eat it. Um. So yeah, I've always I've always felt like I've always had a bit of a I've always had a little bit of um shame around my like my skinniness. Um but that changes. It goes like up and down. Sometimes I'm like, "Hey, you have a wonderful body." And like, "Look at you. You can move and you can jump and you can run and you can do all these wonderful things." <clears throat> and and then and sometimes you know, like sometimes my confidence is up. I'm like, I look at my body and I'll, I'll think, God damn, I'd fuck you. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, you know, when I'm like, if I'm really sick or if I'm, if mm-hmm. I'm blue or if I haven't like, mm-hmm. you know, if I feel, if I'm lacking confidence for whatever reason, I, I definitely like go into a bit of a spiral of like self-loathing at the, the sight of my own body. But, um, but as of late, you know, like really recently, <clears throat> uh, I feel really like good in my body. I feel, I feel confident. I feel sexy. I feel, I feel um, adequate. I feel enough. And whenever I feel those feels, I just I try to like recognize that and and like. Um, uh, enjoy it because I know that that is, is a constantly changing thing, you know, it's, it's a cycle and it won't last forever and Mm. it'll come and go and yeah. Good answer. Thanks. Yeah. So is that what you were looking for? Yeah, that's exactly, well, because I, why did you you ask? Well, because I was going to put a post out on um, on our Instagram or to our listeners and say, like, because I was wondering what we could... I still don't feel like I could answer that question that you just answered. Right. So I didn't know what to ask. So now I just asked one person, just you. Right. And you gave me so much more than I even thought I would get. Because I, Do you- <clears throat> I don't know what answer I was looking for. I just do you do you not sh- think you can answer that because you don't know how to articulate how you feel about your own body image? Um Yeah, I think I have just like a lot of different thoughts about it because if I you know, if I were to sit here and like you know, I feel quite at home in my body, I would say, like I feel like I do a, a regular part of my yoga practice is is to express gratitude to parts of my body, like at the right. end of the practice. So Shavasana is like preparing, you're pr- practicing dying, you're preparing to die. And I'm just mm. like, I'm down there at my feet and I'm thinking about all the places that I've walked in my life and the sand I can feel between my toes. And, mm-hmm. and then I go up to my legs and it's like, man, I can run on these legs. I can like... I, I, you know, I can, I can climb things, you I know, can, and I, so I can kick shit. I can kick shit. Uh, I can pick things up. I can bring things from, pick them from up from the floor with my foot and bring it all <laughs> the way up to my hand using my leg. Um, you know, so I like to do that practice. Right. But th- <clears throat> like, 
I think there's I think there's more to what I actually feel about individual parts of my body. Like I I could come up on a day like today feeling the way that I am. I could come up with a list of things I don't like about my body. And um Right. But as an overall capsule, I I do feel like so grateful to have all the parts that I I need to live my life and you know yeah I can move yeah I I'm well like I'm healthy um I'm mm-hmm. thin and all of these things are like massive privileges that I'm just sort of starting to realize right and uh and so my body image is changing based on sort of sort of I don't know then I go and fucking drink too much and I and I'm mad at myself and I feel right. like garbage and you know so it's just <clears throat> it's so fickle mm. it's so fickle that's interesting because like I've I from the outside you look you you seem like you have a pretty it's it's just always funny to hear what someone thinks because we we really like we have no idea what everyone's going through but uh you know from from my perspective I look at you and I go oh yeah Brady's like super body confident you know, like we're all hanging out at like on a deck with your sister and Todd mm-hmm. and me and friends, and you're just like tits out, whatever, fucking walking around. I'm just like, no, no, she's like very, you know, very confident. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty like it's it's what I have. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. That's, it, yep. This is your vessel. So. And I, that's actually a good place to, to segue because I think that was mm-hmm. my biggest takeaway from this conversation with Summer was that it's not it's not about uh, it's not about loving your body it's about acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Well. Yeah. Let's throw let's to it. it. Um, uh, before we do, thanks to all of our patrons, and uh, it was nice to see you here. And if you would like to watch uh, the video recordings of our four-play segments, go to patreon.com slash turnmeon, become a patron, help us keep this podcast afloat with your money, because um, we don't make any. (laughs) (laughs) And so uh, we need your help. Um, So you can go to patreon.com slash turnmeon, and there's lots of other goodies there, too. There's some merch and all that kind of shit. So uh, go there. And uh, to all of our Instagram followers, uh, we love you. Keep sending your butts. Those are great. Uh, We'll keep posting it. And uh, <clears throat> I guess just enjoy this episode. This is a really fu- fun, interesting conversation with our, our friend Summer. And uh, uh, I guess we'll, we'll see you on the other side. I'm excited. I'm excited because a, I never know what the frick we're talking about on the show half the time because Bridie does all the all. Bridie r- drives this bus, um, so I just I just show up and uh, yeah, I just show up and and jump when I'm told to jump. Um, but uh, summer, I 
the first the first thing that you said when when you popped on here was uh, I don't know why you guys want to talk to me I'm a prude <laughs> and, 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 uh, and so I'm really excited to see where this is going let me start oh you know I'll start the whole show off um, let's all take a turn telling each other what was the last thing we've had up our own ass here we go all right that's <laughs> it's not that kind of show way to break the ice baby <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, Braddy, why don't you fill, why don't you fill Summer and I in on, uh, on, on why we're here? What, yeah. Why, why are we all here today? Okay. Well, a year ago, actually, I got an email from uh, a listener and, uh, I don't know if they'd like to remain anonymous, so I won't say their name. Um, and they just said, you should try getting, uh, is it, do I pronounce it Inanin? Inanin. In and in. You should yeah. try getting Summer in and in on to talk about body acceptance and sexuality and confidence, etc. And so I wrote to her, this person, uh, a year later, July 13th, and I said, it's happening. And, um, and they responded and, and with a question, which we'll get to later. Um, but basically, you know, in the, in the universe of Turn Me On podcast, we cover all kinds of things related to how we relate to each other, how we show up for difficult conversations, whether it be about sexuality or other stuff. And, um, and I just, you know, I've been following, I I was hunting around on your website a little bit summer and, and, uh, and I saw a bunch of, um, Instagram handles for different body positivity folks on, on there and I was happy to see that I follow a couple of them already. The body is not an apology and um uh, I can't remember. Oh I heart Erica and uh and you and I follow you and um a handful of other folks that I would consider Kenzie Brenna sort of a, a bo- totally. body positivity icon and yeah. on um and she's a friend of, of ours. So it's in the universe of of kind of like what we talk about, but I don't really know necessarily how to talk about body positivity or what falls underneath that umbrella. So mm. that's why we're all sitting here right now to answer cool. your question. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, Summer, I guess I'm going to start off with asking you, like, how did you how did you end up in in invested in the world of of body positivity? Or is that like, is that way too broad of a question? No, not at all. I think it was, it was my personal story that led me here. Like, I think like probably a lot of your listeners, I grew up just, you know, hating my body or never feeling comfortable in my own skin. And from a very, very young age, like I, I just had this belief, which we all do, like it's literally implanted in us from the time that we enter into this world and this culture that we live in, Mm. that our purpose, especially as women is to pursue thinness and that, you know, thinner is, is better. And so I never believed I was good enough. I never believed my body was good enough. And I thought the only way to kind of feel better on the inside was to change the way I looked on the outside. And so Mm. I invested decades of my life dieting over and over and was constantly in this kind of like restrict binge cycle. Um, and then had a real problem with over-exercising. And, um, and for a lot of the time, I really thought I was doing it because I thought that's what was healthy. And it got to a point where all of my healthy <laughs> behaviors, quote-unquote, um, started to become detrimental to my health. And I had the hormones of a postmenopausal woman, um, mm. which con- consequently 
have like really impacted my sex drive and everything else that had to do with my reproductive system. And, um, and I had kind of this wake up call moment where, uh, you know, I got all these tests back and my doctor said, you know, your hormones are the same as a postmenopausal woman. And it's the result of all of the stress that you've been putting on your body with chronic dieting and exercise um, that I realized, and this is really common, by the way, <laughs> I think a lot of people Whoa. just like, you know, they think that they're being healthy and everything else. And they don't realize that it's actually having a lot of issues on their body. And I didn't have like, and, a, and sorry, how, how old were you when, when this was? Oh, I was 30 when it finally oh kind of reached the peak. Wow. And Whoa. then, um, I, I was, I kind of went through like what I call my like diet culture awakening when I realized that, um, I didn't need to make over my plate. I needed to make over my head in the way that I felt about myself mm. and, you know, kind of went down like a bit of a self-help rabbit hole, got a lot of um, support with other coaches and therapy to really um, move past this belief that uh, my worth was tied to my appearance and mm. and my body size and to get to a point where um, I eat like a grown-ass adult I, you know, move my body when I want to, when it feels good. And I really just don't think about my body anymore. Like I, you know, look in the mirror and like, maybe I like it, maybe I don't, but I just am able to kind of go on with my day and live my life and have a very fulfilling life. And I know my value is not in my appearance. And, um, Mm. Somewhere along the way, through my own journey, I was I was actually a nutritionist and um, realized that I was kind of promoting the same harmful belief system that had had harmed me and harms everybody. Um, and I decided to kind of switch gears and and went back and became a, a life coach because they had life a couple life coaches had really helped me in my process and my journey, and so wanted to you know go down that road, but specifically focus on body image and self worth and confidence and and that's mm. that's what I do that's what I do now, and I help people all over the world with that. What was a bridge between like oh i um I'm harming my body. I've harmed my body through these practices to I need other people need to know about this. And I'm the one to, to spread this message. I, I think at the time it was, so this was probably around, I would say eight years ago now, seven or eight years ago. And at the time I, when I, when I kind of came to this sort of like awakening, so to speak, where I realized that, you know, I had a problem. I went to look for resources. I went to look for stuff online. And I remember searching like body image podcasts. And I think I found one. And then that led me to a book called When Women Stop Hating Their Bodies. And I read that and I was like, oh my God, like there's, you know, we're all brainwashed and there's not a lot of resources out there. I think there, I think in hindsight there were probably were, but it was more underground. Like fat activism, fat activism has been in place since the sixties. And like that has been, um, a thing for a, a very long time, but definitely more of a fringe movement than it is now. Um, but there weren't a lot of like mainstream resources, so to speak. There weren't like all these like Instagram accounts that you see now that promote body mm. positivity. And so I was just sort of like, okay, everyone that I'm seeing as a client, as a nutritionist is coming to me, hating their body, constantly beating themselves up and feeling guilty when they eat something that they don't think they should eat and all this other, all this other shit. And like, I am, I am kind of like, I felt like I was in a position to, to, to help them see the light as well. So like, come over to the dark side with me. <laughs> I'm going to be the antichrist of weight loss instead of promoting all that other stuff. Mm. And so um, it was really just, it, it was really just, 
passion. And like, I, I was already kind of helping the audience that I wanted to help. And now I just wanted to help them in a different way. Um, and, and so it was through all, everything that I was kind of learning and taking in on, in my own process that I started to, to shift how I was working with people. And then after a couple of years, I just completely like rebranded and set everything up anew as a, as a, as focusing specifically on, on body image. Um, mm. who benefits from women hating their bodies? Oh, uh, maybe an obvious everything. question, <laughs> it, but when you mentioned the name of that book, I, I was like, I, 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 the first thing that came to mind was like, well, feminism, obviously that there, mm-hmm. there is like, if, if we, if I wasn't so busy trying to correct things that I've put in my body or I've done to my body or trying to correct my body, period, I could be putting my time and energy into many other things, um, that are probably more important and impactful. So that's the first thing that came to my mind, but maybe for our listeners too, like what, what might we not know who about who's benefiting? I, I, I mean, like right off the bat, obviously the diet industry, it's billions and billions of dollars, the, the beauty industry, like any, any industry that profits off, off of us feeling like we're not good enough. I would even argue a lot of the self-help industry, um, as much as like some of it is, is social justice oriented, the vast majority of it is still using the same tools, um, of the oppressor that make people feel like they're not good enough and that they're broken in order to buy into that. Um, you know, I would even go as far to say like sometimes even therapists kind of buy into this idea that like it's an Mm. individual problem and you're broken and you need to be fixed. So like the it's, it's, it goes so it casts so wide when we talk about who's profiting from this thing. And I think that, you know, when I first started doing this work, I really looked at it on like a very individual level. And then when I started to, to really um, get more invested in like in, in feminist and feminism and books and things like that, which I hadn't been before, that was just never something that I bought into before. Um, Now I'm a raging feminist, but, um, but <laughs> when I started to, I really realized that it, it's really a social justice thing and it's, and that it's, it's taking away our, our, you know, our time, our resources and, and our money when we are fixated on our body. Um, and now it's under the guise of, of wellness, you know, now it's like we have Goop and Gwyneth Paltrow and we, th- and they're, they're putting it as, uh, they're spinning it as empowerment, but really it's, it's the same, it's the same stuff it's the same shit that's making us feel like we're broken we have to spend our money we have to spend our time tweaking Mm. ourselves fixing ourselves investing in all these things and the message that I want to get across to people is that you know you're not defective you're not broken Um, it's one thing to kind of be interested in those things because you are caring for yourself and you're honoring yourself and you're looking after your needs it's another thing to be invested in these things because you think that you're defective and you think that you're broken and it's occupying so much time and energy in your mind that you're unable to really be political Mm. or speak up or um, do things that are truly going to change the culture that we live in that's awesome yeah, it's it's so like it one, one of the things that really um uh that that I find really fascinating about all this is just how how much of a mind fuck it is for so many people. You know, like I host another podcast and and we speak to people about what it's like to live with illness and and um you know, sometimes we'll talk to healthcare professionals and we kind of stray off that path a little bit, but 
Um, we spoke to a dietitian not too long ago, and and she came on to talk to us about, you know, like like the anti dieting movement and and things like intuitive eating, and holy shit! I mean, I was sitting there going, "Wow, this whoa whoa okay, this is so interesting. I've never heard of this before. I've never I'm like you're opening my eyes to something that I've never really thought of." But the the feedback we got from that episode. I mean, it really like breaks people's minds and, and people get very, it seemed to get very defensive, you know, very, um, it ruffled a lot of feathers. You know, there was a lot of people that wrote in that were like, this is bullshit. Like this, no, this is not what we've been taught. This Mm -hmm. is not how our bodies work. And it's just, I, I always, I always find that so interesting, like, you know, when I when I when I talked to Meredith, the the dietitian, I was like, "Wow, God, now I don't know what to believe." You know, like so interesting. But then to see how angry it made a lot of people, I was like, "Oh, there, ooh, there is something, there is something to this." You know, I don't think she came on here and was just spouting bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's it's very very interesting. Well, <clears throat> that makes me think like when you're so when you're digesting is a funny word to use in this context, but anyway, when you're digesting different online um, resources and articles. Cause like if I Google body acceptance, um, I get a lot of, I get a lot of things like, um, uh, fat phobia shows up. Um, the body positivity movement is a scam and here's why shows up. And so like, and that's, that's the big one that I'm like, how do I know what, whether what I'm reading is fueling what I already think I know and I'm comfortable with or is actually um, trying sort of un- helping me undo old old stories about um, about my own about my own body or our bodies or, or the value of our bodies like <laughs> what are the things to look out for when searching yeah. those resources I think I think you know from like a broad perspective it's like internalized fat phobia is is just the belief that fat is bad and and thin is good and I think that that's a good baseline for is this you know is this upholding weight stigma is this upholding internalized fat phobia um, by promoting the message that thinner is better and that mm. is often done through the lens of health, like, you know, this belief that you have to be thinner to be healthier, which is, which is not true. Um, there's like, first of all, I mean, I don't need to go into all the specifics, but like, first of all, there's not, there's no research that shows a di- a particular diet working in the long term for individuals. So mm-hmm. this, this whole notion that like, you know, we can all lose weight if we try hard enough is, is completely untrue. There's no scientific evidence that supports that. The vast majority of individuals will end up gaining that weight back and often more over the course of two to three Mm -hmm. to five years. Um, We know that weight stigma, so this, you know, the the belief that fat is bad and the way that people in larger bodies are treated in our culture is actually more harmful to somebody's health than being in um, 
a larger body. So like this, the, you know, I think that if I were to give you like a baseline or just something simple is just, is this piece of, uh, is this article or is this piece of information really upholding this belief that fat is bad? Um, and it's, and, and then from an individual perspective, like I really value, uh, justice. I value, uh, humanity. And so what I want to see is how is this position, like, how is this treating other people? Like, is this devaluing the lives of, of people in larger bodies? Is this saying that we need to erase them? Is this saying that their humanity isn't valuable as they are? Um, because I believe that everyone should be treated with dignity and respect. And that is really one of the fundamental problems with, um, with, with weight stigma and fat phobia and everything else. And then that obviously impacts like their access to healthcare and everything. Um, and I'm saying this as a, as a person who has thin privilege as well. So I would always encourage people to read fat activists, follow them. Like I do not be the, want to be the one, you know, spreading their word as, as someone who has thin privilege, but, um, there, as you mentioned up front, like the body is not an apology, amazing place to start. Sonia Renee Taylor has an incredible book called The Body Is Not an Apology, which I recommend to everyone as a really good starting point. Turn Me On Podcast will be back after this short break. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Well, I I kind of wanted to know because I wasn't in on that sick boy episode, and I don't know really what intuitive eating is. Is that something that you cover in your coaching when you work with people? Um, so I uh, I don't I can yes <laughs> I can I'm not I'm not an intuitive eating counselor. I've done I've done like a portion of that training, but I haven't gone all the way through to it because I really like to focus on the body image piece because I feel like that's the crux of it. Because if you don't mm. have that, that takes you out of the diet cycle because body dissatisfaction is there. But intuitive eating is really just, um, getting to a place where you are, you know, honoring your hunger, honoring your fullness sing- signals and really tuning into what your body needs. And so if you think about it, like if you look at a baby when they're born and I have a toddler, so this is really, I'd like to kind of observe him like this and like <laughs> really just watch how he's eating. Um, but babies, they know when they're hungry, 
They know when they're full. They know what they like. They know what they don't like. And if we leave them to their own devices, if we don't come in and interfere, they will stay like that. And they will grow up to be adults who you kind of see in rare form nowadays. Like you'll often, you'll sometimes see an adult who can just like leave half their food on the plate or like have a bite of a cookie and just leave it. And you're like, who, who does that? Like, I remember when I was in my dieting days, I was like, I can't do that. I look at a cookie and I eat the entire platter. Mm. Um, but there are people who are still intuitive eaters because they haven't been brainwashed. Um, all that is to say, like, you know, we are all born intuitive eaters. We're all born with like the ability to know when we're hungry, know when we're full and, and really tune into what our body needs. Um, and, uh, and if, and if we're not interfered with, we will stay that way. But most of us are interfered with through the messages that we receive, um, which intuitive eating kind of calls like the food police. So, you know, looking mm. at food through the lens of good versus bad, um, giving it moral, um, uh, like looking at it as like a, a um, uh, I'm tripping over my words here, but yeah, like thinking you're good or bad because you ate, because you ate a particular food, um, <laughs> thinking I shouldn't eat that, or I should eat that, or looking at food as like carbohydrates and protein instead of just like, you know, what do I feel like eating right now? And I think mm. this is a scary concept for a lot of us because of internalized fat phobia, because we think, well, I can't trust myself. Like if I'm not following rules or directions or somebody else's playbook, I'm just going to eat everything that's not locked down. And like, I'm just going to gain so much mm. weight. And that's, that's all again, like this fear of, of larger bodies being fear of, of being in a larger body and thinking that we need to be thinner. when body diversity is a real thing. Some people are meant to be in larger bodies. Some people are meant to be in smaller bodies. And if we lived in a place where, everybody's body was affirmed and accepted and honored and treated with dignity, then we wouldn't be so afraid of the foods that we eat and everything else. And, um, and so intuitive eating is really about getting back to that place where um, you eat what you want to eat uh, when you want to eat it, but you're also honoring like what feels good for you. So, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm sitting around eating pizza all day because that's not usually what I want. I mean, sometimes I do, you know, like you're hungover or whatever. But mo the most of the time, um, I, you know, I have different things on different days. And like sometimes I'll have pizza and sometimes I'll have a chicken salad. And it's like taking care of myself in a way that feels good in that moment based on what I feel like I need and what my body mm. needs. And so there is an element of gentle nutrition associated with it, although that comes later on once you've really healed that mental relationship with food, because that is critical. You have to kind of heal the way that you're thinking about food and any kind of physical restriction that's there. Mm. And so do, do you, sorry, go ahead, Brad. I feel like you have a burning question. No, 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 I was no, just no. going to make it no. about me. Yeah, make it about yourself. I love that. <laughs> um, okay, so if I were to come to you uh, 15 years ago, let's say I was 21 years old. I was I just I went to my first counselor. That's when I first started going to counseling. And um, what I said to him was, "I don't eat food, and I don't want to change it. So can we just work on everything else?" And he was like, "Absolutely." And eventually. You know, it came, it came, it all, you know, I went off to my yoga teacher training and I couldn't keep up with other people. And I was like, oh, I, it's not that I want to look 
thin because I already I am thin. I did have a little bit of dysmorphia at like certain parts of looking at myself, but uh, but I really want to look healthy. I want to look healthy and I want to feel healthy. I want to be able to climb these fucking stairs in the jungle to the yoga room without like gasping mm. for oxygen. But if I had if I had come to you as this, if I'm coming to you as this 21 year old woman who's like, look. You know, my doctor says I need to uh, change my habits because it's unhealthy to starve yourself. Um, and and he recommended that I work with a coach. Um, is that is that wh- where is that something you would be able to take on, or how would you approach that? I feel like personally, I well, I, my barometer for people is like, are you ready to get rid of your scale? Right. <laughs> and if the answer is no, then I'm like, you need to go. Like, I'm going to refer you to someone who has more of a specialty with eating disorders and disordered eating. Um, I my role, my role, particular role, usually comes a little bit later in people's process. I find they've kind of already done some work around intuitive eating, um, and they're at a point where they're realizing, like, okay, my the way I feel about my body is really keeping me like trapped in this place. Um, mm. but I, I, you know, that's just from like a, you know, professional standpoint, if you were to like literally email me and say that I would probably <laughs> want you to work with someone who's a little more equipped with the food piece. But, um, if, if we were to just to kind of like play around with it, I think that it's, it, you know, what, what I'm hearing, like what we would want to explore is like why, you know, why you aren't feeding your body and, what it would be like to like, what do you feel like eating? What do you want to eat? What would it be like if you gave yourself permission to eat? And then what fears come up around that? And how can we move past those fears so that you are, are, you know, eating, eating like a grown ass adult is what I say, because (laughs) I just feel like so many of us aren't. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that. I did your, um, I, I, um, remind me what the acronym F, BS stands for. Oh, your future badass self. Yeah, I uh, I I did mission number one on your on your challenge Ooh. on the t- on the ten day challenge, and I really loved the exercise. You invited us to um, write ten observations about ourselves in the future. Like if you mm-hmm. could stand in front of yourself and see yourself, and you know what are the ten things, and then the next question is like, and what does it feel like? And that is that is. Oh man, as an actor, I can drop I can drop right into that and I that's actually mm-hmm. helpful mm-hmm. as um as guideposts for decision making and like in the moment. Mm-hmm. It's like is does this feel um joyful and does this feel generous and does this feel easeful? And um I love that as an example to to like uh, how do you want to feel? Not necessarily how you want to look, but what what does it what how do you want to feel? Mm. Um I I um I am really curious to know Summer about your your like taking it back just a little bit to back to your own personal journey into this um this like mission that you're on and this the work that you do um do you like can you pinpoint the moment where you stopped like hating your body or or was or was it like a, a pretty gradual process? Or do you do you remember like one thing that was said or or one interaction with someone that like really flipped that switch for you? I I that's such a good question. I think what's really important for people to realize is that it's it you know I think we think 
my friend Vivian McMaster, who does this work in a similar way, but with, with photos, she, you know, she said there was no self love party. <laughs> There's no, like, mm. you don't just wake up one day and think like, ah, yeah, oh, yeah, it's, oh, it's all gone. I feel great. Yeah. Um, yeah. it's, it's really, it's one of those things that's, it's not linear at all. It's really up and down. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, think of a, a particular moment, but I, I feel like one of the most liberating things for me was really, I, I did smash my skill with a sledgehammer. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I've done that a few times for different photo shoots, but I, I really did. And I, and I think that that was like, there, there was something really cathartic about it. There's a reason I do mm. recommend it to people. I, I recommend people actually destroy their skill. I, I don't just mean it like, Oh, I'm just going to put it in the closet. I mean, like, like, you know, take your rage out on that thing because Decimated, you have yeah. an abusive relationship with it. And I think that was mm. one of the moments for me when, when I really kind of shifted gears. Um, I was, I was kind mm. of, I kind of had like one foot into this space and still one foot in the kind of like weight loss space. And when I was working as a nutritionist and sort of going through this process myself and, um, I remember one day just stepping on the scale and I had felt totally fine before. And then I stepped on the scale and I just felt you know, my heart plummet and that kind of wave of shame come over me in panic because the number had gone up or the number was higher than I expected it to be. And I remember thinking to myself, I have an abusive, I'm in an abusive relationship with this scale. Like every time, like it has, it has control over me. It has power over me. It treats me like crap. It berates me. It shames me. Um, it's everything that you wouldn't want in a relationship. And so, um, I, I remember thinking like, okay, that's it. Like I, it's time to get rid of it. And I, and I, and I smashed it. And that was such a liberating moment for me because it was a real reclamation of power to, to take back my, you know, my worth and to completely break off that relationship. It just wasn't even going to be an option for me anymore. Like I wasn't going to have that ex knocking on my door or calling me in the middle of the night to come back. It was just, that was it. We were done. Um, and, and I think, that that in and of itself was so liberating and freeing. And mm. then the other thing too, that really helped was just getting rid of all my old clothes that didn't fit anymore, which is another thing that I always suggest to people up front, because again, it was like every time I opened my closet, it was, um, it immediately triggered, uh, the voice of my inner critic and all the negative thoughts that I had about my body and feelings of shame and urges to diet. And so getting rid of all those things, uh, it was just that turning point where I was like, okay, like, we are, that's it. You know, you're, mm. this is, your body's going to do what it's going to do. And you, you, we're not, we're, we're done with that. And, and so I, I wouldn't say that it was necessarily like a switch being flipped, but they were monumental moments for me where I started to really free from, free myself from a lot of those negative thoughts and patterns because, um, I had taken away kind of the two things that were really holding me prisoner. Mm. It, it's obvious it, this, like, this shift that you had within your relationship to this inanimate, inanimate object that is, you know, abusing you. Um, do you, do you recall any sort of shift within your, your actual relationships, interpersonal relationships, romantic relationships in your life around that same time? Yeah. So I definitely like my, I was, I'm, I was married at the time. I'm still married. Same husband. And, um, and I think, you know, I, I used to always just be so self-conscious and so, 
um, like, you know, how do I look in this? And like, you know, do I look, do I look fat? And I'm using that in quotation marks because I even hesitate to say that because it's just mm. like, just so terrible. Um, but, you know, really uh, criticizing myself or looking for validation, I guess is one way to put it. And so not doing that anymore, I'm way more pleasant person to be around. And, and also just like, you know, feeding yourself makes you a way more pleasant person to be around. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. And I, yeah. as, I, as I mentioned before, you know, like it influences your hormones and, and your sex drive and everything else. And so um, to just be more comfortable in my own skin and who I am, like definitely had a big impact on uh, the, my relationship with, mm. with my husband. And then from a, a, like an interpersonal relationship perspective, I just remember one of my friends saying to me once, she's like, Summer, she's like, you're just so chill now like you're just you just seem so much more comfortable she's like I don't know what it is and and mm. I knew what it was but <laughs> you know I I just was like yeah like that's it like I'm just not yeah. so I was always the one talking about like we all need to eat gluten-free like I was not fun that was I yeah. was not fun I was always criticizing myself in front of other people and like it's just terrible and and it's not a fun person to be around and so to come and and just be like totally at ease and totally comfortable I think everybody Mm. everybody kind of noticed and appreciated it and I had more time and space to actually listen to other people and and Mm. get get, and inquire about their their life and not be so narcissistic with my own because of the way I was fixated on my body is there like it's funny we were just talking uh Bridie and I earlier today about about like oxytocin and and the you know the 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 hormone that is released when we're cuddling or holding hands or you know being intimate with another human um like do you is there maybe you don't know the answer to this and that's okay if you don't but like is there science behind the 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 hormones surrounding just you know like body acceptance and and intuitive eating or because I, I it sounds very similar to like <clears throat> like right now I'm going through this period where I'm I was really depressed for the last like six months and and now I'm there's been this huge turnaround and I'm getting I, I know that it's because of oxytocin I know that it's because of this like this cuddle hormone and I'm I'm like I'm I'm elate like weight has been lifted off my body and I feel I feel like elation and I feel way less stressed and I feel there's like a, a, you know, and I have friends being like, you look good. You look like you're doing all right. You know, and it's like, I, I think it's coming from this one particular place, this one thing. Did, is there science behind that side of things in terms of like when people start to like radically accept their own body and, and start to love their body, that it, it also plays a role in, I don't know, what it, like some sort of release in our in, in our in our brains of some sort of, you know, hormone firing off? Uh, you know, that's such a good question. And like, I don't know the science behind it, but I, I mean, I do know that, you know, hating yourself or treating yourself poorly is, is a chronic stressor. It's a chronic stressor, (laughs) right? Like it can't help. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's a chronic stressor and chronic stress, um, you know, influences our, you know, our cortisol levels, which have an Mm. influence on, um, specifically talking to, you know, female hormones like estrogen and progesterone and all of those things. And so all of those things impact, um, 
how you feel. Uh, they impact our mood. They impact, um, you know, like as like I mentioned before, like our, our sex drive, our libido and things like that. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I, I can't specifically say, you know, that it, it um, increases oxytocin or anything like that. I would be really curious to know. I'm sure that there's some sort of logic or reason or something that might say, suggest that it does in some way, because if you're not mm. c- chronically stressed, like I said, it just, if, you know, when we are, when we're really fixated on our body and dieting and things like that, it's occupying up so much time and space. And when you don't have that space, you have, when you, sorry, when you don't have that space, when you, when you don't, when it's not occupying that time and space anymore, and you just Mm. have the space, um, that makes you feel so much more at peace and, and give you, giving you a greater sense of freedom. So I would imagine like, even just from like a mindfulness perspective, it allows you to be more present and more calm and have less anxiety. And so, yeah, it's like what you said earlier about, about stepping away from, you know, technology for the last two weeks on the island yeah it's like you're you're we're we we become addicted to to like i think i think things like self-loathing can be just as much as an addiction as our phones you know i think that we we do we tend to become addicted in in wallowing in our own in our own shit like it's there's some sort of there's some sort of thing there that it's like it's 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 creating a it's creating some sort of reaction within us that we tend to like, we tend to fall back into time and time again. We see it in relationships too, like unhealthy relationships where we almost get addicted to the drama sometimes. And then it it takes like stepping away from it and getting away from it to, to really recognize like, Whoa, yeah, that was not doing me any good. And wow, do I ever feel like I am just shedding all of this stress and feel so much better. So yeah, and it's yeah. the same with dieting, we get addicted to dieting. Mm. And I'll t- yeah. and I'll tell people that like, you know, from that hormonal perspective, when people start thinking about doing a new diet, it that fires up the dopamine, it gives us that sense of hope. And it's mm. like, and that's why it is so addictive mm. and so powerful. Um, and why it is very hard for people to kind of break free from it and why you ruffle so many feathers when you tell people that dieting doesn't work yeah, or things like yeah, that right. because because yeah. it's just like, like what um but you're also taking away kind of a lot of times like a coping mechanism and something that someone's really invested in but in the same mm. way that you're talking about like being you know almost like addicted to the negative thought patterns and things like that it's the same thing with our bodies and with dieting they become these you know these coping mechanisms and these tools of of avoidance from really kind of just you know facing and living our lives and seeing what else Mm. is out there and it's not until you totally get away from it that you realize oh my gosh like how that was taking up so much time and energy in my life yeah yeah uh summer this has been this has been a real treat we're coming up to time here but um before we go uh let everyone know how they can kind of stay up to date with the work that you're doing where they can uh, follow you, anything you've got coming up in the next little while? Sure. So, uh, you can find me at summer but if you can't spell that, you can go to the body and that will take you to my website. I have a podcast called fearless rebel radio, where I talk about all of this kind of thing with myself and with other guests. And, um, I have a, I, I have a free, um, body acceptance masterclass coming up. That'll be announced pretty soon, but, Ooh. um, really I have a free 10 day body confidence makeover on my site. If people want to get uh, familiar cool. with that and get started, but I will have that masterclass coming up in September. 
I would hate Sweet. to wrap up without asking this guest's uh, this this request uh, uh, oh, question right. oh, yeah. from our listener. Um, they said, Good "Could call. you ask about regaining confidence after body changes, like postpartum, health changes, and aging?" Mm. That's a big yeah. one. Great question. I think I think that when it comes to um, you know like uh, you know obviously this is there's a much bigger <laughs> answer here that could probably fill another forty minutes. But if I were to keep it really simple, I think that anytime our our body has changed, whether it's related to um, postpartum, which I've experienced, or aging, which I'm in the process of experiencing. <laughs> but um, I think what we need to do is is the same work I do when I'm when I'm working with individuals around um, uh, just kind of initial body changes and helping them challenge internalized fat phobia and that is to really try to expose yourselves to images of of people in in those bodies so aging bodies postpartum bodies and there's like there's so many amazing postpartum accounts now that actually show postpartum bodies that aren't just the thin white young Mm -hmm. bodies um show a real diverse uh range of uh of individuals and and of different sizes and and races and, and everything like that um same thing with aging i think that that's super important to to really expose ourselves to those images and then also to unpack our own beliefs around it so what you know what is what does it mean to you to age or what does it mean to you to be in a postpartum body what are you really um what do you feel like you're mourning or letting go of with that changing body? And to identify those things to be able to then create like a new belief system and new narratives around that. So that's a really mm-hmm. condensed answer. But um, I always start with images. I think images can be really powerful uh, when people are doing this work. So, you know, diversifying your social media feed, but always looking for specific things that you want to be exposed to. So whether that is, you know, people... Um, uh, d- disabled people or, um, you know, people who are talking about uh, sexuality or gender or people who are talking about aging or showing their bodies in different races and things like that. Um, super, super important. Because hmm. really, sh- we only see like thin, white, young people 95% yeah. of the time. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. if you follow your friends and stuff on Instagram, it's like you're still in your same echo chamber. I did this recently and just, just stopped following a lot of the people I know personally because it's not a really great way to keep in touch with people, just to look at images of them on the internet. But Yeah, I see you unfollowed me. Your husband. <laughs> I've seen enough of you. So, uh, we we uh, might have to have a, t- a conversation about that. But I love, I love it. It's like images that before may have like... Sh- like been you know i grew up in a really small rural place all white people i remember at like 13 moving to england for a year and seeing my first people of color and just being like how long can i look at you because i (laughs) i just i want to take it all in and it's the same thing with the instagram and the and the larger bodies or smaller bodies and disabled bodies and etc it's like oh now this is becoming just part of the normal like now when i say i'm i i want to serve people of all bodies i kind of actually know what that means and what that looks like mm-hmm. so that's I, that's yeah. such great advice thank you yeah you're welcome um well thanks again summer this was really wonderful and um uh yeah, this is we'll great. send more. Thank we'll so send more folks your way. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Thank you so absolutely. much for having me. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Lots of fun. There you go, folks. That's it. Uh, 
hope you're feeling a little more uh, self-aware and 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 positive about your self-image and feeling good. Please um, send us your thoughts and and your own experiences yeah. and answers to that question we we sort of we threw to the episode with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so I, I think it's really helpful to hear other people. It, describe their own experiences and when you guys write into us when you folks write into us and let us know that like like something's really grabbed you or you felt really seen or validated or not less alone then we love hearing that we love hearing those things so Mm -hmm. (sighs) yeah good way to end the episode uh that was a good way to end the episode (laughs) uh that is it for this week folks Mm -hmm. until next week week, go go fuck yourself yourself. (laughs) we're gonna change that too No, I love it. That's my favorite part. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.